0: Ryan Reese from Southern California. This is live with Ryan Reese. Call now 1 564 6173 or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, we, are we could live. be live. Okay,
1: we, we are live. live it's go it's time, up, everyone. It's time. We had to some talk technical see. difficulties,
2: but. We are live. <laughs> Woohoo! Excellent. Well, listen, if, <laughs> you just tuned in. I don't know what you guys heard, but we are sitting in the studio waiting to see what was Whoops. going on. But you, we are live. My name is Ryan Reese, and I have my two good friends in studio tonight.
1: Josh <laughs> what's my name?
2: and Lacey Sturm. Well, what's yeah. What's up, buddy? Was that right? That's right. exactly right. Boom. You know, I almost said
1: strum. Because we because said it you confused a million me. times.
2: You confused me.
1: Josh was trying to mess you up on that.
2: Well, yeah, you did mess me up. Well, I'm excited you guys are here in town. And uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of different things tonight. We're going to talk about your new book. Yeah. We're going to talk about... The Mystery. The Mystery, the new book that's been out for how long? It's been out for a couple months?
1: Yeah, it's been out since October.
2: Okay, so that's new. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about your album. You guys just got off tour you have that song, Raw Out, which has a pretty interesting video. It's pretty cool. It has our friend Annie Lobert in yes. it as well. Yes. And I want to talk about she all rocks those that things. Video. So, and we have, already have phone calls coming in. So, before we get into those phone calls, let's just start with the book. Well, you already had one book that came out. It was called The Reason. Yeah. And that was epic. My wife personally read the whole thing quickly. I think you sent her a copy of it. And uh, she read it. She loved it. And then what was the whole theme of coming out with this new book, The Mystery?
1: Well, it's about – it's really meant for um, people dealing with questions about relationships. And I don't think there's a lot of content out there about emotional purity. Um, I don't even think that – I don't know if that's a word. I just kind of made that up. But – but is, but if you can have an emotional affair, then you need to learn how to have emotional purity. And I think that people know what emotional affairs are, sort of. Maybe they don't. I didn't really know when I was involved in one. But I talk about the subtlety of um, just being exposed and out there and wearing your heart on your sleeve and saying whatever you feel and whatever you think and being led by your emotions and letting that tell you what truth is and and how it got me tangled up in, uh, in um, an emotional affair, and how uh, it was very destructive in every way, and I ended up in the same place I was in the first book. Uh, I was more suicidal in this book than I was in the first, and very much closer to um, to committing suicide. And again, the Lord, you know, showed up and rescued me from that moment and i write about that and and the the most important thing to me in the book is showing the process of first helping somebody feel understood who has found themselves in that situation um because i didn't i mean if i had heard somebody was in an an affair especially if they were christian i would have been like well you're just wrong (laughs) you know just like and I'm not talking to you. And maybe that was right cause some of my friends did that. And I think to me in that time, and, and that was what they should have done maybe. But um, after my experience, when I see somebody who's going through that, my heart just is like, you know, just wants the best for them. And wants them to have the fullness of life and doesn't want them to get ripped off at all. And or I don't want them to be deceived in any way. And And for me, I was totally deceived. And I thought I was following. When you're deceived, you don't know that you're You're following a lie. You think that it's right. You would jump off a cliff for it maybe like I would, you know. Right. Um, And it was totally a lie. And so when I came out of this place of deception and realized, I don't know right from my left. I don't know what's right or wrong anymore. I thought this was right. I almost died for it. And uh, here I'm realizing it's wrong. So uh, how can I know right from wrong? And I questioned my faith. And God, if I don't know this is true, then how do I know that's true? And, um, and learned a lot about um, how, to, how powerful my choices are, that I actually have choices. And a lot of times we feel like in our addictions or in our mess, our pain, our, you know, just dark hole that we feel like we find ourselves in, we don't feel like we have any choice in the matter. We don't feel like we have a choice to get out but I actually realized I have a choice in our unbelief, even my struggle and doubt with God. Can I just choose to believe? And I didn't realize I actually have a choice. And it's like similar to when you're in a marriage and you don't know, you don't have the feelings you had before. Can I choose to honor what I said in the first place? And, you know, even in the, um, on the record on life screams, I talk about a lot of this stuff that I wrote about in the mystery Um, I talk about that choice on the song Faith, um, having to choose what I knew was true at one point. You know, one of the lyrics says, my heart's a liar, but I used to know the truth. I have decided I'm going to follow through. I'm going to gamble and fall in love with you. And that's about my choice to have faith even when I didn't feel like God was close or didn't understand if he was real anymore or if I just made it up in my head all along.
2: I think a lot of people actually i know for a fact a lot of people struggle with that with that doubt even long-time believers it's like they start getting that mm-hmm. that deceived and they don't even people don't even know it I mean, but like you said like like you broke that down you're like i was feeling deceived that means like i was believing the lies and so many people struggle with that but there is there's a choice you have to make is that you have to press into god and well, have him show up
1: well it life. is the most humbling and it makes me tremble like kind of fear God in a way to think that I could think a hundred percent it's right and realize in a moment I was wrong all that time it makes you tremble and humble yourself and say can you please tell me if you see anything that I don't see cuz I'm gonna listen to you even if I don't want to cuz I need you know and that's what I go through in the book I I get into a relationship with a pastor and his wife who are like a mother and father to me, and I ask them for that. I, and I say, look, I, I deceived myself, and I pushed every good voice out of my life, and if you tell me something in my life is wrong, I'm going to listen to you even if I don't believe it right then or if I don't mm-hmm. feel it or understand it. I'm just going to listen to you. And there were so many miracles that happened in my life of peace, of, of just blessings. That came when I humbled myself and listened to what they were saying, even though I didn't get it all the way. Especially when I met Josh. So I talk about meeting my current husband, Josh, um, of eight years. Stern. Stern. <laughs> Josh. Josh Stern. <laughs> yes, my, my husband is sitting here, obviously right here. Um, and he can talk about this time as well. But I talk about how we went through our dating with uh with these people in our lives helping us walk through it with emotional purity.
2: You guys want to talk about dating?
1: Yeah. yeah they, I don't right. think
2: a lot of people, people don't know how to date. I, I didn't know. Yeah. Like, Christian dating's like... Yes. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole different thing to yeah. the world's dating. The complete opposite, actually, is from the world dating.
1: Yeah. Well... Let's, f- let's talk d- about it. Well, for me... Uh, Josh,
3: you're going to be in it on this, okay? I'll be in on
1: please
3: we talked actually we talked about this last time yeah you know, we, we did, did like a little the bit. calls we did callers last time we're okay what's
2: well, so that just i mean it doesn't have to be the whole show but just talk a couple of minutes yeah. well, we
1: did talk about it in the book and and we talked about how we had people in our lives that we just like were, we, i was like 26 years old i'd been married and divorced before and in an affair obviously and i didn't you know to have somebody tell married, you married i was married at nineteen and an affair. Yeah, I was married at 19, I was divorced at 21, mm-hmm. I'd already had emotional affair even beginning before I ended my divorce and ended up, you know, <clears throat> leading into all of this destructive thing, you really these st- destructive things. Um, but the thing is, you know, whenever, and even before I got married as a Christian, I I was in romantic relationships. I was in physical relationships before that. And so when I'm twenty six years old and been through all this and there's this pastor and his wife's like, I'm gonna go visit him and I'm like, what should I do? And and his and Sarah, her name is Sarah, Sarah Patrick. She's like a spiritual mom. <laughs> I talk about her in the book. She gives a little note in the book as well to the readers. But um she's like, Well, you know, this time is when you go see him, it's really about you getting to know him and how he is around his family and his friends it's not really about being alone together or holding hands or whatever and I'm like what I can't hold his hand and we can't be alone together I'm 26 years old me, my, my mind starts running like why am I listening to you tell me this like and I th- and I just like mind calm down you know because you asked her for this and she's not telling you not to do anything but you wanted to hear her advice so you just need to just listen mm-hmm. take her advice and just, you know, humble yourself. <laughs> and and it was so amazing. And I talk about this in the book. When I went out, you know, we honored that. Josh had all kinds of, like, stuff for us to do so we didn't have, like, you know, nothing to do. And he had stuff for us to do with his family, with his friends. And we we're always doing stuff, like, that was... So and it, I got to see him interact and really get to know him around his family and his friends and who he was in that context. And we didn't hold hands, but every time we turned around, it was just super romantic. And it was such a thing. Like it was. It's interesting because when you withhold the romance on purpose, it sort of intensifies it mm-hmm. a little yeah. bit.
2: It keeps. It gets. Makes it more exciting. For well, sure. he,
1: well, you, when you we're older, I because you know. I jumped into romance as soon as I could, you know, I felt when I was younger. But even before romance came into my life, you remember those times when a, a guy you like would sit next to you and you're like, oh my gosh, he's right there. Oh my gosh. As corny
2: as it does sound, that's kind of the way it is. <laughs> it is, honestly. But, but when then you,
1: when you grow, when then you grow up older, you don't ever experience that because when you when you want to be romantic, you just sort of go for it. Yes. But so for us, it was like we're like getting to know each other and we think it might be that way, but we don't know yet. And so he's just sitting by me or he's just sitting like two, pe- one person away from me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, she's so close to me right now. And that feeling is there constantly. And it's the most amazing, like, romantic without any romance on mm-hmm. purpose from either one of us. It was super romantic, and it was like, so the tension, the tension there was something that you get robbed of when you just go straight into Mm -hmm. romance, How do you feel
3: about that, Josh? Is that on your side? One of the things I remember, Eric, right before she came out to visit me, she was on tour, so we wouldn't see each other for, like, two months at a time. And so, obviously, when we're together, we want to, like, spend as much time as possible, and we're still getting to know each other. One of the things that he said to me before Eric Patrick she came out, is
1: the spiritual dad, the pastor. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. One of the things he said to me was, this isn't about trying to make her fall in love with you. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, like what she said, you know, this isn't about trying to do romantic things and make each other fall in, like, fall in love because you can make anyone fall in love with you. And when I heard him say that, it was just such an interesting concept because like that is kind of what we want, you know what I mean? But the problem with trying to make someone fall in love with you is more about the game of getting them to fall in love with you. You don't even know if you're in love with them, but you're just like, I just want to know if I can get them to fall in love with me. And then they do, and then all of a sudden the game's over, and then you're like, whoops oh. <laughs> you know, it was a mistake, yes. And they're, you know what I mean? And so that was kind of a cool way that we, I don't know, it wasn't about that. It was about hanging out, her getting to meet my family, getting to do stuff together and see, Yeah, you know. I, w-
1: I was really, it was really like, in my mind, I was like, I, I do not want to manipulate something to happen that's Work, not yeah. that's not what it's meant to be. And I know I can do that. You know, I just have a strong will and I know I can try to manipulate, like you mm-hmm. said, and make somebody fall in love with you. But I was like, please, God, don't let me do that. So, like, I didn't. I was like, and that, not doing my makeup. And I was like, I was taking it Dang. overboard. I was taking it overboard. But <laughs> then <laughs> <laughs> I look so pretty when I walked off that plane. Beautiful. <laughs> Shut up. You tell me all the time. I saw those pictures too. I, I was like, purposely, like, I was, because I really didn't want to get married. And I felt like God was leading me to that. And I had this thing in my head like, well, if God's going to want you to get married, to the sky you can't mess it up. <laughs> so I'm like all right, then I'm just going to be myself.
2: Well that that's a, that's a lot of uh stuff that goes on even with Christian dating is that people manipulate situations and they jump into it, they jump the gun and they don't wait to see if it's even a God thing. And then they get into the situation where either they they end up in a sexual relationship or they just you know they're 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 dating but they're hooking up and it's just it's, yeah. it's not of God and then they rush the whole thing and then they waste more time and they get wrapped up in this relationship that wasn't even of God. Yeah. And I think it's just because of maybe even age with people. They just think I got to get married or you know maybe if the girls are get the girls getting older like she's in her 30s or whatever but um the best thing to do is just sit and wait on God and let him and just date and hang out as friends and let him do the the work like he did with you guys. Well,
1: I I heard this girl tell me on tour when josh and i were dating she was like i explained to her because we were da- like we were dating weren't we when we were on tour and mm-hmm. and uh she was asking me something and i said well he's never kissed me and she's like what and i was like yeah she's like you've been together how long and i was like i don't know it's been a couple months and she's like and he never kissed you and i was like no we want to wait we don't want to sleep together till we get married, and I'm super passionate. So <laughs> I don't know where kissing is going to go, but I got to be careful. And she's like, what? You're not going to sleep together before you get married? That's dumb. She's like, "What if he's not passionate at all? What if he's bad?" Like, yeah, how that's,
2: come, how- that's a big. I'm glad you brought that up because that's the big. That's this big question in the Christian community. Really? Yeah. And when I talk to people, I mean, even my friends and different people, because I obviously didn't have sex till I got married. Yeah, it's or good. I did, right. and then I stopped, and then I <laughs> dated, and then did again. You got, but, so,
1: yeah, I became a Christian, and yeah, yeah.
2: But during that time when I was a Christian, um, I was telling them, like, "Nope, I'm not gonna. I'm not having sex till I get married." They'd be like,
1: dude, well,
2: how do you know if, you yeah, know, yeah. what if you don't want to, what if you don't want, what if it doesn't work out? Like, yeah. You don't want to like be married to this girl, you know? And I'm like, dude, if God confirmed yeah. this relationship, then it's going to be all good. But that's a huge. Well,
1: there is the faith aspect, which I think is so important in marriage no matter what absolutely and and the other part is the sex the sexuality should be an outworking it should be the result of all of the other things that are so uh, rich in your marriage you know it shouldn't be that oh well let's see how we work out physically um, together it should be a natural progression of how you work out emotionally and spiritually and you know, as as humans, as human souls and spirits that you like, I can see he has passion when I see him play guitar, when I see him pray, when I see him, you know, like I can tell in certain ways, there's things you can just see, you know, and, you know, that's just to me to, to, you know, that part of your life is um, something that's vulnerable, and it's something that needs to be worked out. In the context of i'm not leaving you we're working this out together Mm -hmm. you know because you're just and that's what's so beautiful and pure when you're in that situation is that there's no shame or embarrassment there's a lot of laughter and silliness in that area because you know you're forever you you know i'm gonna stick with you (laughs) we're gonna this is nobody's seeing this like but us and Mm -hmm. and so Even no matter what you go through in that area of your life, to continue on and to be like, uh, you know, we're committed. I don't know. It it, it makes it different.
2: But see, everything's backwards in the world. Yeah. So what you do is in the world is you go and you sleep with it. You see a girl. She's Mm -hmm. hot.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: You sleep with her. And then you're like, okay, sex was great. Mm. Now, do I like her? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, and and. I've had many of those stories, you know, and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, this chick's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, oh, no, now I got this. Well, you know, yeah. or vice versa. Yeah. A girl sleeps with a guy and then of a sudden the guy's a stalker. Yeah. And, I mean, I've heard them all. I've heard all the stories and you do it backwards. Yeah. But when you when you do it the right way, you put God first. You let
0: him.
1: Well, I think part of that is like, say you sleep with a girl, and then you say she's crazy, or you sleep with a guy, and he's a stalker. There's some part of sleeping with somebody that makes insecurities come out. I mean, it makes you insecure to say, "I gave you this. Now, what are you going to do with it?" And not know. And so, what's beautiful is when you sleep together in security. It's like you don't have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Trump that anxiety. Mm-hmm. It's it's it's.
2: What's well, the bonding too. It's a bonding too. Yeah, so yeah. That you, there's that attachment.
1: It does something in your soul. It, like yeah. There's it an you attachment. Like, there's a soul attachment that happens. So the craziness
2: is because, you know, I mean, there are like lunatic people, but then there's like attachment yeah. that you're sleeping with someone and, and that girl becomes attached.
1: Yeah. And then God can totally heal all of that. And obviously, mm. I've seen him do that and he can restore all that stuff. And Josh and I both have our stories of God restoring us. Well,
2: tell me this. How'd you know? How'd you know that he was the one or who, who found out first from God? Mm-hmm. I mean, there had to be some kind of confirmation. I had
3: a pretty clear confirmation.
2: What <laughs> happened? I, can I tell the story?
1: Yes, please. What's well, in your book? So.
2: Yeah. Hey, if you just tuned in, this is Live with Ryan Reese. I have uh, Lacey Sturm and Josh Sturm in studio. See, I keep wanting to say the other one. Don't S- say the other one. St- strum the guitar, please. No. Anyway, how'd you know?
3: Well going to sound like a stalker type thing but
1: <laughs> it's
3: not <laughs> so he was crazy i had a no i had a dream that uh that we were married and i didn't even know really know who she was i we had played a show with flyleaf a long long time ago and i had this dream that this girl rolled over and kissed me and said i love you and then rolled over and said goodnight you weren't even dating no and i didn't even know her name cuz did I you
2: recognize her was it her in the dream
3: i just woke up and i was like lord that was my wife And I was like, I think that was the girl from Flyleaf. I didn't even know her name. So I literally Googled girl from Flyleaf because I couldn't remember her name. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, that's pretty crazy. I mean, there's a lot of things in my life at that time where God was speaking to me. But there's a lot of things that were wrong, too, that like I felt like I was hearing him say they were just so far off. And so I kind of took it sort of with a grain of salt, I guess.
2: Uh, Really quick, though. But haven't you seen that because of God's grace, even though when our life sometimes isn't lined up or there's things going on in life? He still works absolutely. He still speaks because yeah. I think people. I want to touch on this real quick. People think that like their life has to be perfectly aligned with God. That's the only way He's going to speak to you. No. He'll speak to you in the middle of your sin. Oh yeah, yes. halfway through it, he'll he'll be working. And here he is showing you your wife yeah. when your whole life is still out of whack. I'm not Weren't saying you
1: dating somebody
2: else. I'm not yeah. saying go live a life of <laughs> of, of sin or yeah. hell. No, but as you're working out your your faith, yeah, um, God still He's He's speaking to you along yeah, the way.
3: Absolutely. So what happened? So you had this dream. Yes. Yeah, so I had this dream, and then uh, it turned out Flyleaf was coming through town like three months or something from then. So I was like, "All right, God, we'll see if this is going to be my wife." And so I hung out at the show, and I hung out with their guitar player, and you know, mostly. And and then I saw her, and I kind of quickly said something, but she ignored me. Or she said, "I said I saw Warp Tour, and they didn't play Warp Tour." She goes, "We never played Warp Tour," and that was yeah. I was like, oh,
1: he okay. He said, hey, he, like he worked up the courage to come say hi. This is what he told me. He said, I dressed up because I knew you were going to be there. And I was like, okay, God, are you going to do this? And then um, he saw me come across the stage after the show was over. He's like, okay, I'm going to go talk to her. And he was like talking to himself into it. he goes and says, hey, so uh, I saw you guys, you played Warped Tour. And I was like, we never played Warped Tour.
3: Dissed him straight out of the gate. So I went home defeated and not well not defeated because so it was wasn't like, like that
1: was
3: i mean i wasn't I a, that was the i wasn't a fan of like flyleaf right it wasn't He's like, oh like my our music
1: at all actually <laughs> so
3: like it wasn't this like starstruck thing it was just kind of like okay god you said this is my wife and through a dream you know and it felt kind of real you know i feel yeah. like i can hear your voice clearly so we'll see if it is and after the night i was like all right it wasn't so i ended up dating someone and uh like a year later i saw flyleaf again you know and Lacey was there and i saw her and I was dating this girl and then God reminded me when I saw her, like, I gave you this dream and I'm like,
1: And you have this other girl sitting on your lap. What's going on?
3: (laughs) So like fast forward another year ahead. So now we're at three years? Three years ahead at least. Um, I wasn't, I was single and I was kind of just, I don't know, it was just kind of a hard time in my life and I was just felt really lonely. And a friend of mine wanted to go to go see Flyleaf in Cleveland and I'm like, I don't really feel like going. She's like begged me to go to the show. So I went and I was talking to their guitar player again because I I love gear and guitar. Yeah. And Lacey came over and joined the conversation. She asked me about my tattoo and I'm telling her about it. And we start talking about did, Pantera. Did you remember him? him? Did you recognize no. him?
1: I just no. saw his tattoo and wanted to know what it, was, what it meant.
3: Yes, yeah, so we're talking about tattoos and we start talking about Pantera. And then we're talking about Jesus and I'm like, she's really cool. And like, as we're talking, God's reminding me of this dream he gave me. And so anyway, that that night is kind of what started our actual talking to each other. And we kept in communication and then all this stuff about dating but I didn't tell her that I had a dream that she was my wife until I asked her to marry me because over the course of that year while we dated a lot of people told her they had a dream that they were going to marry her
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. and they were crazies you know
3: so like rock star life yeah but it wasn't that yeah. I was just I was like okay god you know when this thing actually is fulfilled is when I'll tell her that and so during my proposal I actually told her the story for the first time
2: and how many years ago was that from when you when you had that dream? we
3: dated for a year but how,
2: wait when did you have the dream how many
3: years before that it was probably like three years till it's like three years. till it actually happened, dude. That's insane. But God's faithful. You know, I I
2: met Crystal, my wife, on the beach ten years before. She doesn't remember meet me. Wow. Did, I, did you know that I met no. her? Okay. So she was she was uh, I was coming back from surfing down in San Clemente on Cotton's Point, and then her and she was actually hanging out with one of my brother's friends at the time, and they were walking down the beach, and I was coming up, and I walked up, and I'm like, Hey, what's up, Brandon? How you doing? And she was with him, and he's like, "Yeah, this is this is Crystal." And, and I said, "Hey, you know, hi or whatever." And then we crossed paths. Wow! And ten years later, when I met her, she has she has no rem- she has no uh, recollection of meeting me, but uh, I met her on the beach ten years before That's that awesome. for like a split second. Wow! Isn't that weird? That's crazy. That's crazy. That is pretty. That's crazy. cool. So here you guys are, same kind of situation. Three yep. years, you meet her. She is. She doesn't remember you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: I guess we're not very memorable, right?
2: Not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I have. I have a story on my other side. Of, so
2: what happened with you? Yeah.
1: Well, I. I didn't want to get married. I had my heart broken, obviously, and I was like thinking. Part of it was I had been married before, and I thought, which I didn't realize till later, I was didn't think I deserved to be married again, sort of, <clears throat> which I didn't realize that was a thing. But there was some a little bit of religiousness, I think in me not wanting to get married, but I thought I was just being, you know, radical and saying, i want to do something crazy for you, God, and I'll never get married. Because I just love that idea, you know. Um, this life is so short and it's so temporary, and and I just want to spend it going after Jesus, and I don't want, you know, to get caught up in things of the world. And we're not going to be married in heaven, so why should we get married here, you know? Like, I'm thinking this, and, and I was thinking this way and i'm like i'm just gonna stay single for you and um i sort of made that decision on my own and then i kept reading the scripture kept coming up of this conversation between the pharisees about divorce and usually <laughs> when i read it i saw oh you're divorced you could not you shouldn't get remarried
2: yeah i read that today
1: yeah it says uh the pharisees are like so who can get divorced and he or something he's like he's like well um, Moses, he says, why did Moses allow or say we should get divorced? And he said Moses permitted it because your hearts were hard. Yeah. Um, but that's not the way it was from the beginning. And then he explained, you know, a man, uh, God created a man, woman, and he'll leave his father and mother and cling to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man not separate. And they said, they said, if this is the case, then it's better for man not to get married. And Jesus said, this is the part that kept coming up. I remember. Jesus said to the Pharisees, this is a hard teaching and only those it's been given to can accept it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, so am I being a Pharisee and in some ways saying I shouldn't get married? And am I, am I given this? Is this a gift to me or am I just taking it for myself? Because if you're called to be married... And you try to stay single, your life will be harder. And if you're called to be single and you go get married, then your life will be harder. You know, which vice versa. <laughs> Did I say the same thing twice? <laughs> I don't know. Um Yeah. But so I was like so I was like, should I get should I get married? I need to ask God if I should stay single. So I started to pray about it and um really felt like so I just started to pray about it and really felt like... Got- you know, we're going we're to be
2: going to break in a few minutes okay, or a few seconds or something like that. And then let's get back and we'll keep uh, talking about that.
1: Okay. <laughs> Thanks, When we Ryan. get
2: back from the break. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. When we get back, we will continue talking about your dating relationship with Josh.
0: More Live with Ryan Reese coming up. No, no. everything all right? Call now, one 564 6173 Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, I think I speak for the entire administration when I say whoop-de-doo. Now, back to Live with Ryan Reese. Don't say what you Loud noises.
2: A few technical difficulties right before the break, but we are back and on point as ever. (laughs) So, Lacey, sorry I had to cut you off. Mm -hmm. But what were you saying right before the break? You were talking about this confirmation that God uh, was giving you to know that Josh was the dude. Well, I
1: just started praying about whether or not I should be married because some people have that gift and some people don't. And I think that's something we don't always say in church either some people have the gift of singleness i met I, I know two people personally and both of them are beautiful women that are amazing intelligent talented women that are called to single life and they're doing amazing things for god um so
2: they've never been married or
1: right one's a uh, missionary to thailand and uh she's just brilliant she speaks three languages and she's she's just awesome and she knows that she's a, she's a happy single woman that knows God's called her to 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 help uh girls in sex trafficking you know that's her mission um so anyway so i'm just praying about whether or not that's my call to to be single and um and i'm fasting about it and um and every day at 7 i break my fast before i eat i pray until i feel the presence of the lord and his peace and um so I was praying and I was like, Lord, teach me about how to be pure in my relationship with guys if I'm gonna be single, you know? And um I need a book about that. I don't know how to be pure with a brother, you know, like how does it not get weird, you know, as a single woman? And um and I found a book called The Bride Wore White. Um and some other books, I read a lot of dating books just to find out about purity and relationships. I wasn't talking about romantic relationships, just purity in general. It actually helped reading yeah. dating books to just know how to be good friends without crossing the line or whatever. And so in The Bride Were White, they talk about a list. Some of the dating books are awful, and but there's good things in all of them. <laughs> there's some little goodness there. You can just take the goodness. Um But that one, you know, this part, I didn't want to do it. I was like, that's dumb. I don't want to get married. So I kept, I'm not going to make a list of somebody I want to marry. I don't want to get married.
2: No, okay. Because I heard, I've heard you say this before. Did the dating book say to make a list of, for like a guy that you're looking for? Yeah.
1: What you want, husband. I
2: I made a list too after I heard you say
1: that. You did?
2: And, And it worked. But go ahead and tell me your list.
1: Well... It's a lot of things. Yeah. Uh it was just like 60 things I was making fun 60? of. I was making fun of the man. list. I was making fun <laughs> of it. I was like I don't want to get married. Okay, fine, I'll make this cuz I kept feeling like God was telling me you need to make this through different things, you know.
0: And yeah. like
1: one of the things was I opened the book the next day trying to skip the chapter and it opens to the chapter and the first sentence of the chapter is from a girl's testimony. I didn't want to make this list cuz I didn't want to get married. <laughs> I'm like, okay, God, I'll make this. You Read my this chapter. <laughs> And so I just made fun of him. I'm like, fine, well, make me a list. I'm going to make the most hard thing in the world. Like, you can't answer it unless it's a miracle. And so, seriously, every time I look at Josh, I'm like, you walked off that page. It's the weirdest thing. Um, so that was the miraculous thing. That I, I mean, one of them is meaningful tattoos. And when I saw his tattoo that first day, I was like, hey, what's your tattoo mean? <laughs> and he's like, tells me about the symbolism of the pelican on his arms, Catholic paintings the Mother pelican in a time of famine uses her beak to open her stomach and feeds her babies her flesh and blood, so she dies and they live, and it's a symbol of Christ.
0: <laughs>
3: oh, <my> dude!
1: <laughs> I'm like, really? It's I'm about solved. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you have any other tattoos? And we started talking about Pantera. He needs to like metal music and okay. Jesus. <laughs> we start talking about you know all kinds of things that are just making me think. Okay, well, you look pretty close. <laughs> You're acting. So anyway. So right. that was
2: the that was the confirmation. We just got a question right here. It says, How did Lacey make sure Josh was the one well, I, from Kathy in Texas?
1: Well, I didn't want to um manipulate. And so my biggest thing is from Kathy, Texas. That's a city. It's from Tracy. Hi Tracy. I think it's Katie from Kathy,
2: Texas. Oh, Kathy okay.
1: Yes. Katie. <laughs> not in not, not in Texas. <laughs> Katie, Texas. That's a city. Okay. Not Kathy. I'm sorry, help me. Okay, so, ha- so the the number one thing was if he fit the list, I wouldn't chase him. And so, like I said, if I didn't manipulate and it still worked out, then I knew it was God. <laughs> so that was yeah. it. I knew if he pursued me um, then it, and he fit the list and, and my spiritual parents were on board, then I knew it would be safe and God was leading it, so.
3: How come she didn't ask, how did Josh know that Lacey was the one? Because you already told That's me. That's a that. good question. It's a good question.
2: What is didn't it? Didn't you
1: already <laughs> say that?
3: No, I did. I'm sorry. I'm just teasing. <laughs> oh.
2: Well, look, we got some phone calls. Let's go ahead and take these calls. Cool. Let's do this. We'll start with uh, one. Here we go. From the top. Hello.
3: Uh-oh. Can we hear her?
1: She's from Worcester.
3: We can see her question. Do you mean to read it? Or
1: yeah. Go for it.
3: Oh, there she is. How
2: are
0: you
3: doing?
1: Hi, good. How are you? Doing
2: good. So you're on live with us. Go ahead and give us your question tonight.
0: So I wanted to learn a little bit about the Whosoevers. I've been a huge fan of Lacey's ever since I was a teenager, um, sixteen actually. Um well Lacey, your your suicide story has really, really inspired me. I'm actually um going to school now to become a um mental health counselor. Wow. Awesome. That's amazing. Um, due to your story, I, I just had my own depression and anxiety as well, and um, your music just really, really touched my life. Uh-huh. Um, So I see that you're involved with the Whosoever's now. And I was wondering if I could get a little bit more information on that, as well as if there's anything that I could do to join that community, like within my own area in Worcester. Mm-hmm. Is there something that followers can do? Um, outside of the
2: whosoever that can support the, the group the, the way the way right, this is run the way the movement was started was just um a, a bunch of friends that god put together they, they we all came together and we just kind of started started telling our story and then from there it just started evolving and then you know everyone started going back out on tour with their bands and uh you know the whole theme behind the whosoever's movement is that everyone is just living out their call that god's called them to do where they're at in their community. So like we have, I mean, I get, uh, we'll get direct messages from like goose Wevers in Columbia. They're, they're seeing, you know, what Lacey and Josh and Sonny and head and all these different dudes are doing just work, how God's using them in their life, wherever they're at. And then they're just seeing what God wants to do with their personal life in our personal life in in their cities. So like whatever you're into, like, so like you're, you're, you're out, they're in, uh, in your, in your uh, city and you're, you're going to school to, to help, you know, uh, people that are suffering with suicide. You have your story. Well, pray to God to open up doors. And then you are a whosoever because you believe, you believe in the verse that John three sixteen that whosoever calls on the name, of, or I'm sorry, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Therefore, you right. are a whosoever. We are the whosoever. It's a movement. It's a worldwide movement of people from all walks of life, all around the world, just living out their faith wherever they're at. Because sometimes we get calls and like, we want to come over and join the movement. And it's like, dude, we're just doing what God's called us to do. You could do the same thing in your community. Right. And, and that's, yeah. that's how the whole, uh, the whole movement works. But like, as far as like the home office of the WhoStars right now, we're, we're doing high school tours. And we're planning to go all the way across the United States. So when we go across the United States, we're going to be reaching out to the movement of people in whatever cities we're going to to come and help out, um, you know, do these mm-hmm. high school tours. But it's wow. it's it's pretty much just been like catching on fire <laughs> and going out and living out your faith.
1: Yeah, and, and you can support the whosoever's by buying their merchandise off their uh, website. and And then, you know, if you really want to support and you have people – that you know um could be a part of your community, you know living it out in that way, then you can get them shirts and get them gear and stuff like that and it's just sort of a way to represent um and that's how they kind of get supported instead of taking donations, they actually sell merchandise and yeah it gets the word out and it and it helps you to remember who you are too, so that's why I love the merchandise. I think it's cool to wear that. Um, and know who you are, and and people ask about it. You know what is that? And you, they start seeing the shirts everywhere at concerts, and you know, different places. You know, on the street, and people are like, "What is that? Is that a new brand?" You know, and then you get to talk to them about what who's whoever is.
2: I, I got a rad story about. Well, yeah, because so when you buy the product, it basically funds our high school tour, so we can go to public high schools for free and do a full setup. We do a full concert. We have a band. We have. Free pizza. We even bought a cotton candy machine. Kids were crazy over that. <laughs> awesome. it, it's like being on. It, we're bringing like the Vans Warped Tour to to you know public mm-hmm. high schools. That's awesome. But um, That's awesome. there was this dude. There was this dude uh, that was in a bar and his friend. Um, it was basically fault. He's part of the movement. He he was wearing one of the um, one of the T-shirts. It was like a hooded sweatshirt inside this bar. They were seeing a band, and this friend goes, "Hey, what 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 is the whosoever's? It was that eagle T-shirt. Said Saints and Sinners. He's like, "What is that? He's like, "Hey, just go to their website and go check it out, right?" Because the guy was a believer, so his friend wasn't a believer. He's like, "Just go to the website, and check it out." Well, he went to the website, and then he saw, and then he started looking up YouTube videos. And basically, what happened is he ended up finding the Lord through that. Because if you look us up on Instagram, or if you look us up on YouTube, you're going to find <laughs> all we do is talk about Jesus, pretty much. But uh, mm-hmm. he found this guy ended up finding Jesus because one of his friends was wearing that shirt in a bar. He found Jesus, started reading the Bible. Went to Bible school and now he's a missionary in the Amazon. He showed up at <laughs> yeah. a whosoever's event two, year ago, wow. two years ago and walked up and said, hey, this is my story. This is how I found about the movement. And now I'm a missionary in the Amazon if you ever want to come.
1: <laughs> wow. And I, and, and,
2: wow. And so in full circle of what you said, now what is he doing? He is a whosoever. He's now a missionary in, uh, in the Amazon reaching out to the Indian community. He's just living out his faith. And I Mm -hmm. encourage you to do the same. God has a plan for you. He saved you. There's no coincidence that, you know, you came across the movement and it's, it's, uh, there's, there's no spotlight on anyone. We're all, we're all ambassadors. I'm an ambassador. You're an ambassador. Lacey's an ambassador. What we are at the end of the day is we're ambassadors for Christ Mm -hmm. is what it comes down to. But whosoever's the anybody's, the whoever's, that's our flag that we wear, that we identify by.
0: Great. Thank the, you so much. Nice. Right
2: see on. You. Well, nice to meet you online.
0: Thank you.
2: That's cool. Right Very on. Cool. Well, here we go. Let's go ahead and take Jennifer from... Choo, choo, let's see. Jennifer from Reading. I like the Whosoever's are mm-hmm. Counterculture.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Counterculture cur- Church.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: They are... It's crazy what God's been doing with the movement, how he's just kind of really been expanding it because it started off obviously with all of us, but now it's, it's expanding into different genres of music. Mm -hmm. I mean, even now with, you know, uh, Allie reaching with Allie and Will and the whole pop world and just, it's just awesome. The art world, surf, skate world. It's just those branches that are just going out and and reaching those, those communities So it's pretty epic. Let's see if we can get this uh, Jennifer on the phone here. Yes. Hey, how you doing, Jennifer?
0: I'm doing well, thank you.
2: Nice to hear from you. What's your question tonight?
0: Well, you know, Lacey, you know, I've been a dialysis patient for three years. Your music, your books have helped me along the way because I thought that once I got that sentence, it was like a death sentence. But you helped me look at it's God's purpose for me. But I was wondering, how do you, how involved do you have your kids in the church? Do they go to church every Sunday? Do you read them the Bible, like the kids' version? And How involved do you have them in the church?
1: Well, can I ask you before I answer um, what, what, why you're asking me about my kids? Do you have kids? Is that why? Oh, no. I've just, I've
0: seen how involved you have your kids in your life. Mm-hmm. Like on tour because I've seen you mm-hmm. before you ever had kids and mm-hmm. and now how you're able to involve your kids in your music with your music mm-hmm. and your I've seen how you know you can bring them to shows and mm-hmm. stuff like that and how involved you have them.
1: So you're wondering, wondering, you're wondering if I'm bringing them up to love God. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we can avoid that. <laughs> but um Absolutely. because we live that way every day and we, you know, yeah. I know that church as far as it being a building uh, when we're we do bring them with us. Um they're they're 3 and 5 and when we're yeah. and I want to encourage any moms that might be listening to have 3 and 5-year-olds, sometimes it's really hard to figure out what to do with your 2, 3 and 5-year-olds on Sunday when they don't want to go to children's because they're freaking out and they don't sit through the service very well um i want to encourage those moms that there are seasons uh for when you get to be fed in a certain way from the church and when you just need to pour into your kids with love and that is the way you worship sometimes you worship god by um learning how he loves you by loving your kids and, um, and I've had to do that, you know, I've had to go take my kids out of church and sit in the parking lot and watch butterflies until it's over. And let them, you know, throw, throw rocks into the bushes, because, and just let them know, I love you, and I'm not going to be religious with you. Um, you're more important to me than, um, than me, you know, you're my first call before, uh, before trying to you know, be involved in some other ministry, you're my first ministry. And so, um, so just to say that because, uh, yeah, I want to take them to church as much as I can, but I think we are the church too. And in these seasons of life, we have to figure out what that looks like and what works best for us and what's the most loving choice for everybody. So. Anyway. Oh, that's so
0: cool. That's good to know. Cause I know some people that go to church, but they don't want to take their kids because I have God kids and, their parents, they don't feel like, oh, well, they'll get to church when they feel like it. I'm like, well, if you don't instill in them the beliefs that you have, I don't think they'll learn that way.
1: Well, the thing is, you know, everybody has a different, you know, a different story. And, and, you know, sometimes it's hard to tell what they're going through. But I think God is so faithful. He's so good. And he's, you know, my mom didn't get us in church hardly ever. He took care of us. And um, that was just... Circumstantially hard. She's a single mom with six kids. It was just hard, <laughs> and so, um, so I know it's different for everybody. But anyway,
2: right. Um, well, thank you for calling, Jennifer. I'm going to go ahead and take this next question from Pittsburgh, Ashley. How you doing, Ashley? I think I know who this Good, is. How are you, Pittsburgh? Wait a
1: minute. Ash- wait a your
2: hometown. What's your question? I this Ashley Ray. This
1: is Lacey. How What's are you? up, girl? How are you? Do you doing? have a pretty dress on? <laughs>
0: No, I don't right
1: now. I like your dresses. Anyway, okay.
0: Thank you. (laughs) Um, So I wanted to ask you. um, uh, My family even have a lot of um, different type of, I guess, trials going on in our lives. Just a lot going on, and um, it almost seems like there's not many good things that have been Mm -hmm. happening. It seems like a lot's been going wrong more than right, Mm -hmm. and. just for like me and my parents, all of us, how to keep that faith mm-hmm. um, in God together. Because when everything seems so wrong, just how do you mm-hmm. look for
1: well what's going to go right? Well, I think the first thing you need to know is where you end and they begin. Um, you need to know what your call is personally and then be able to have faith for God to do what he can do and the people around you. And that's a really hard thing to differentiate when you're family and you want to you know pull them along and you want to always help in any way and sometimes god calls us to just and i think this is was really hard for me to figure out is um is how to figure out well what is god calling me to do and um and how can i find my peace in him apart from what anybody else is going through i mean this is something i learned daily in my marriage you know is there a way for me to have peace and joy when josh is having a bad day or when bad things are happening around me, when my kid's sick or my, my, you know, um, how can I keep my peace and joy and know that, um, there are things that, you know, I can weep with those who weep, but then I also have to keep my joy, um, and stand up and keep my peace and follow peace in my life. And so when things are happening, we, you know, the Bible says when we're anxious to be anxious for nothing but to pray. And that sounds like such a simple cliche thing, but, um, I think when you actually um, press into what that means, like um, it is a lifestyle, you know, of taking your thoughts and saying, "I'm gonna put faith over this, I'm gonna choose to have faith over this fear, and I'm gonna you know what Jesus did is whenever there was a temptation to, you know, he spoke the scriptures, so there's there's all kinds of ways to feed your soul faith and feed your soul life. And there's also ways to feed your soul fear and feed your soul death. And, you know, sometimes that means like for me, I I can't listen to certain music or I can't watch certain movies or I can't, you know, and I just have. And it's a sad thing because sometimes I can't hang out with my husband (laughs) because he wants to watch that movie or he wants to listen to that song. And I'm like, baby, I love you. I got to go to the other room. (laughs) And he's like, I know, baby, it's okay and it's And it's okay to respect him and what you know how God's made him, and to also respect how God's made me and know why well, I, I I'm getting a little overwhelmed here. I feel like I'm taking on the burdens of the world, and that's not for me, so I have to go to the other room while you watch the news for a bit. <laughs> you know I'm just gonna pray that everything that goes on that screen God's gonna handle it the way he good ways, and I'm gonna walk into the room and you know play Legos with Joshua. <laughs> You know, so yeah. we have to find those moments that we have peace in and pursue those things to know what we're called to and what we're not and then just have peace. in. Us.
2: I think, too, that uh, sometimes those trials come because we're not in the right place where God wants us and mm-hmm. we don't have that peace. You know, we're like, why are we going through this? But maybe God's like trying to get us out of a,
3: mm-hmm. a
2: situation we're in. You know, yeah. I, I recently, yeah. you know, in the last couple the last year since I got married and I had the triplets and I've been talking about this a lot lately is that. I was teaching two times a week. I was going to the high school. I was doing the movement plus the radio show. And I was, and I was doing all this before we, I got married and before I got pregnant with the triplets and then had the kids. So I had all this stuff going on and I didn't have peace. I was like, I felt like I was in this trial constantly, like no mm-hmm. peace. I was, there was anger coming up because I was trying to hold the weight of the world and trying to do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But what God was basically trying to do is like, like dude, you need to like release some of these things. And not, you can't do everything. And my first ministry is my wife and my kids. So as one night I was sitting in my room and I was feeding one of the kids and I was listening to K-Wave at this radio station. And this pastor came out and started talking about Elijah, how he had to withdraw from ministry so that God could work in him so he could work through him. And God really spoke to me that time to like I need – mm-hmm. my life seemed like I was doing everything aligned with God. I'm teaching the Bible two times a week, two Bible studies. I'm mm-hmm. doing the radio show. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm speaking at high schools. I got mm-hmm. my wife and my kids. I'm like, God thinks I'm awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but really, God's like, dude, you need to like chill out and you need to go take care of your family. Mm-hmm. Like that mm-hmm. was a season, Ryan. Now I need you to withdraw from those two teaching nights and, mm-hmm. and do this. And when I did that, I felt like I was in this gnarly trial for like six months.
1: Mm-hmm. When
2: I did that, all of a sudden peace just came.
1: But awesome. then there's also people who are like, how could you – I mean, I'm just saying from my own experience, Mm -hmm. when I had to pull out of relationships that weren't, I wasn't called to in that season, it's like, how could you be a Christian? How could you give up this? You have so much, you know, uh, invested in this. So many people are counting on you. Oh yeah. And I'm like, that was a burden of mine. And I'm like, who's God? Yeah. I'm not God. (laughs) And when I learned I can't save anybody, I only obey Jesus then I can step away and find my own salvation in Christ. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt like
2: I felt like I was need like, salvation. I, I need felt faith. like all these people were like depending on me because they were coming to the the thing. Mm-hmm. But but at the end of the day, I, I walked up on the stage and I said, "You guys, I'm like, you need Jesus. I need Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go follow Jesus, and I'm gonna live out my faith. Mm-hmm. Everything I always tell you guys." When Jesus says to do something, do it, I go, I'm doing it.
1: Yeah. So one of the things I wanna encourage you, Ashley, is that this is this very special time in your life and you are young and you're not married and you don't have children and you have a very special gift for this time. And it could be, you know, you could be one of those that's called to be single, but if you do have marriage in your future children, then this time is probably pretty short. And so you might have to just sit still and be like, God, what do you call I mean, I know you have a heart for Russia. I know you have a heart okay. for children, and, um, and I know you just have a heart for bands and, and things like that. And so you might just be, have to ask, just sit still and, and get away from every voice except for his and just be like, outside of all of everybody's opinions about what's good and what's not, there's good things that aren't God things. You know, that's what Ryan's talking about. All those ministries are good. All those relationships I was in were helpful and good. They seemed really Christian. <laughs> and I, I needed to be there but then he was like i didn't call you to that yeah and you're trying to hold a door open for somebody i'm closing you're gonna get slammed in that door if you don't get out of there <laughs> and so i have to so i had to know and when i did that all of a sudden god started moving in the people's lives that i got out of because he's like now that you're not trying to be a savior i can lead them to myself yep. and that's a hard thing to recognize i'm not jesus you are and so That's where we get our peace. We go to the Lord and we really, really, you know, not just in a theoretical way, but we lock ourselves away until we figure out, you know, find his presence.
2: I want to close with that because we're going to be ending this. Okay. Sorry, I'm talking too much. No, no, no. It's perfect.
1: (laughs) I like you, Ashley. I think you're cool. Honestly, Lacey,
2: that is the best advice is to literally kill the noise.
1: Go to airplane
2: mode. And hear what God has to say, read the word of God. In Romans, it says, um, faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God.
1: He speaks that. Dude, he He speaks through the word of God. He speaks reading. So I have a Bible, um, the life application Bible. I talk about in the mystery. And in the back of it, it tells you all these subjects. And so you can look up trials, which is what you asked about. And you can find all the verses about it. By the book. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) You guys, thank you for being on. It was a blast. Thanks, buddy. (laughs) Love you guys.
0: This has been Live with Ryan Reese. To connect or find out more about Ryan... Click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for Live with Ryan Reese.
2: Hello, my name is Adam Comer. And I'm Ryan Chittister. And we're the host of Life After Addiction Podcast. If you or someone you love struggles with addiction, check us out. Life After Addiction Podcast. And you can subscribe at lifeaudio.com.